while police photographing our license plate. What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio Program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. And my guest today is Andrea Miller. You know, since um, President Trump has been going so crazy about the, not only vote by mail, which is something we do a lot of, some of us, uh, but also the post office itself, my concern for the integrity of our November 2020 elections has increased, especially since the media coverage regarding the coronavirus and COVID-19, although extremely important, may be drowning out one of this pandemic's greatest potential victims, and that is our electoral process. So I invited my good friend, my political mentor and returning guest, Andrea Miller, to return to update us on what we might be missing in the midst of chronic pandemic and of course the democratic convention which impressed me especially since there was a the nomination digitally was much better than the loud screaming conventions in my opinion because we got to actually see real americans where they live in different states and territories and of course territories that aren't allowed to vote we saw what they looked like we saw what they sounded like we saw where they lived it's the kind of thing I think helps us come together because, well, there are a number of people who said, where are they from? Because they never heard of some of these territories. But anyway, back to Andrea Miller. She's going to update us because uh, so much has been happening. She is the executive director of People Demanding Action, a multi-issue advocacy group, a nonprofit and, uh, that promotes clean energy in Virginia and nationwide. Andrea is a former congressional candidate. I've followed her around the Congress halls many a time, uh, talking to Congress men and women. Andrea also is a fierce advocate for solar energy and climate justice. I know I always emphasize that we all talk about climate change, but there is a thing called climate justice, and it's not the best it can be in many places. Fair voting practices is another one of her causes, and of course, reclaiming our vote and organizing for justice. 
By the way, in our 2018 elections, Andrea designed and developed virtual phone banks for outreach to underrepresented voters in Virginia, in Alabama, and in Pennsylvania. And I think she's off to do the same or something very similar in the state of Texas. We'll ask her. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices radio news program. Andrea Miller, how are you today? Well, hello, Martello, and thank you so very much for inviting me to join you today. Now, in 2020, we are working in nine states, actually. Mm. They are Alabama, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas. And, of course, since I live in Virginia, I'll be doing some limited work in Virginia. Excellent. And thank you for that update. That's why I have to have you back. I mean, I love you, but it's, <laughs> it's all that information and updates that you bring. And, and speaking of which, um, recently I saw a webinar, a panel with you and uh, Mimi Kennedy, and I know you're doing other panels seeking to not only educate, inform, and get people to vote, but seeking help with the kind of election work that you do. Develop that for us. What kind of election work do you do? I know you've told me many times, but we have a lot of new listeners. What do you do? How can we help? Well, we do a lot of different things. I also now have a 501c3 called Center for Common Ground, and Center for Common Ground is what is active during election season. People demanding action becomes active after people get elected and sworn in. Then the advocacy organization kicks in to hold them accountable to the people that just elected them. So that's why there are two organizations. One does advocacy, the other one does voter education and empowerment. So Center for Common Ground, our main issue is to empower underrepresented voters and so that means we predominantly work with community of color voters and we do two main things number one as voters get removed from the list and every state does it we make sure that voters know they have been removed from the list. Mm. So we send postcards, we send text messages, and we make phone calls, letting voters know that they need to check their voter registration status. And I am going to tell all your listeners right now, check your voter registration status. And you should do that at least three times a year to make sure that your status remains active. In some states, being inactive means you are going to get asked for additional information when you go and vote. And Virginia is one of those states. So you always want to make sure your voter registration says active, meaning if they hold an election tomorrow, you are going to be eligible to go vote in it and cast a regular ballot. So we inform voters of changes in their voter registration status, which may affect their ability to vote. We also, with active 
prospective voters make sure that they know where they can vote. For the first time, Virginia now has not only no excuse absentee voting, but we also have early voting. So we will make sure people know when early voting is, because now it's not just election day. We also make sure people know where the early voting locations are, because in some communities, it may be somewhere different than where they're going to vote on election day. So we do those two things. What is your current voter registration status? Your status has changed. We're going to let you know. And then we're going to make sure that you know where to vote, that you know how to vote, and also Virginia is no longer a photo ID state. We want to make sure you know what the current rules are. And if you need a free ride to the poll, we will arrange for you to get one. So that is what we do, and we do it in nine states. Wow. Well, you answered two or three of my questions, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, wow, Andrea. That is a lot. That. uh, Yes. I mean, we all want a fair election and, and we want it to, to be able to trust it and believe in the results and all of that. But you really are out there, as one of my other guests says, uh, you're one of the people on the ground, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know. And everybody, please hear this. Obviously, Andrea does not claim to be able to do this alone. She's building a small army and there are people who can help her in all of this. And, you know, you mentioned postcards and I'm, I'm wondering, that's another a thing that's, of course, as upsetting as I mentioned in your intro, you are in communication with the, the U.S. Postal Workers Union, I hope, because yes. I don't know what to think about Trump's Postmaster General Louis DeJoy taking away their sorting machines and then saying, well, he's not going to do that anymore temporarily. What do you, what do you make of all that? Well, it's, it's very, very interesting. I'm a member of the Grand Alliance and have been a member of the Grand Alliance since it formed. I attended a briefing yesterday, and what we have from Mr. DeJoy is interesting in that he's like, oh, oops, sorting machines. I didn't know you needed sorting machines to do election mail. So, I mean, that immediately should be saying to the Board of Governors, I don't know what we were thinking, but we definitely put in the wrong guy. He's got to go. Because, one, to the postal workers, to the people who carry the mail, one of their most sacred duties is delivering ballots and election material. So before a presidential election to begin removing sorting machines is a what on earth were you thinking? And then refusing to fund the postal service for all the additional mail that they have to carry associated with vote by mail is again absolutely ridiculous so again you are seeing a true subversion of democracy we have an unprecedented time of pandemic 
the safer way for people to vote is to vote by mail. So you deliberately seek to undermine trust in probably one of the favorite institutions of the American people, the United States Post Office. Most people like the Post Office. They have been removing the blue mailboxes all over the place, even though that did start under President Obama. And it doesn't make sense in light of they knew we had an election coming up. Now, what they said was they weren't going to remove any more additional equipment. They never said they were going to put back what they removed. Exactly. So Uh, we need to keep that in mind. So that means if you are going to vote by mail, the moment you have an opportunity to request your vote by mail ballot, if you have to make a request, do so. The day that ballot gets there, vote that ballot and put it back in the next day's mail because we have no idea how long or short a time it is going to take that ballot to arrive where it needs to arrive. And we also don't know if, in the case of Virginia, Virginia's General Assembly, we have no idea if they're going to create uh, drop boxes for the mail or anything. We don't know what the General Assembly is doing, right? I mean, It's my understanding that there was a positive on the drop boxes. Most communities will be getting at least one drop box and that the postage on vote by mail will be paid. It will be prepaid. So the difference between a drop box and a blue mailbox that's disappearing, if we indeed get drop boxes in our neighborhoods, the drop box says you don't have to pay postage, and the blue mailbox, you would have to pay postage. What other differences are well, there? Well, there's a yes and no on that. Oh, okay. Now, election mail oh, is yes. very special mail. That's right. It That's is right. handled specially by people who work for the post office. Now, again, remember, you have the people who work for the post office, the Postal Workers Union, and then you have management up in Washington. They are not the same thing. They are not related. They don't even behave as though they operate or work for the same organization. Mm. The culture of the United States Postal Workers, the APWU, is we deliver election mail whether there's a stamp on it or not. I knew that. Thanks for correcting me. Okay, the the mission is being twisted in areas above your local post office and its personnel and its letter carriers and package deliverers, etc. And I think also we should say something about overtime because I hear people from time to time, even before the coronavirus, complaining about uh, how the mail doesn't come on time, that it has to be the same time every day for some. But if you think about over the holidays in particular, and now we have another example because of a very different kind of demand, but if you just use the holidays as an example, the quantity of mail that has to be delivered is so increased that carriers work well into the night. That requires overtime. How is the overtime being threatened these days by Trump's gang? Well, 
they originally said that there would be no overtime. Again, everything they said they were taking away, like overtime, they have now said, oh, my bad, oops, no, we're not going to do that right now. So they are leaving it on the table as a, we might do that later. So again, the question immediately becomes, you don't pay sorting machines overtime. Sorting machines would definitely remove a lot of the need for overtime. So why were you removing the sorting machines in the first place? Uh, did I miss a memo? Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, we're going to take a short break. This is, as always incredibly informative and I love it that Andrea knows she can catch me and correct me because I want us all to know the whole truth and nothing but the truth there you are so Andrea Miller is the person we're speaking to today to get educated or, or, or reminded you know because you forget if you're not like Andrea you're not out there every day steeped in this well, so we forget sometimes. We think we know, then we forget. But things have changed. I didn't know you didn't need a photo ID anymore in Virginia. Now I know. All right. We're going to take a short break. Uh, we're talking with or listening to, which is even better, Andrea Miller, the executive director of People Demanding Action, but also uh, the Center for Common Ground. We'll be right back with Andrea Miller. Stay with us, please. And now, from WatchFireMusic.com, vocal artist Jenny Burton, singing Who Will Heal the World. to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio Program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, and we are speaking with Andrea Miller, our guest today, who is very much involved in politics, voting, campaigning, running for Congress as well. But I think the time that I remember, oh, I don't know, maybe 2008, 
when you told me, Andrea, you were going to stop running for Congress and start organizations that help tell Congress what it needs to do about voting, and you certainly have done that. During the break, you um, got an email from the governor of Virginia. Can you update us on what he is saying and asking of the General Assembly? Well, it is some pretty good, very, very progressive legislation. As we look at more and more people who are potentially going to vote by mail, normally in past Virginia elections, we were averaging 3% of Virginia voters voted by mail. We anticipate it will be much higher this year. So the governor is proposing prepaid postage for the returning the ballot. So the governor's budget sets aside $2 million for prepaid return postage on all absentee ballots for the November 3rd election. The other thing that many voting rights advocates had asked for is drop boxes, Mm. meaning if people are lucky enough to still be employed and maybe cannot make it to the early voting locations while they are open, can we have a drop box where we can just drop the ballot off in a safe spot? So that is also one of the things that we are looking at. And this is very, very, very important. When you vote absentee, because it is different than voting in person, for people where they're new at this, there are some very simplistic mistakes that they may make. For instance, they may forget to sign the envelope. They may have a signature mismatch. And this can really happen with older people who have palsy-type illnesses or even younger people who have disabilities. So there will be a cure process so that if we do have a problem with your absentee ballot, people will have an opportunity to come in and fix it. So again, remember, since you are not checking in with anybody, your absentee ballot envelope must be signed. So if you forget to sign it, we want to adjust the law so that we don't automatically go, eh, they didn't sign, we're throwing this one away. We want to give people kind of like what we do with photo ID. If you show up and it turns out, oh gosh darn, I can't believe I left my wallet at home. They give you a provisional ballot. We give you an opportunity to cure that provisional and make it accountable ballot by saying you have until noon on Friday of election week to show up and correct whatever problem we've identified with your absentee ballot. So I don't know if it will be until Friday. That would make sense. Make it like the cure for photo ID. So those are the main voting rules that the governor has proposed. Okay, and we want to emphasize the governor is proposing those in Virginia, but of course the Virginia General Assembly has to vote yes for them to be implemented. But at least we have a governor who 
uh, is also an MD, by the way. He's been, I think, very helpful in a, his approach to coronavirus, especially in children. Everyone was saying children were fine, but he was on top of that right away. He's a pediatric Thank neurologist. You. There you are. You've said many times today that we've been throwing around the different ways of voting, but I know that when I watch the evening news, these things get sort of married to, together that are not always married together. And I guess the point to make first is, no matter that we're having a national election, they are still at least 50 different elections. And I say at least 50 because Puerto Rico, for instance, can vote. There are territories in, in, that can vote. And of course, Washington, D.C. can vote in the election not in the Congress. But tell me, please, there are four different, at least in, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, there are four different options now for voting. And you have mentioned them, but I would like you to define them for us. Early voting, uh, you know, but self-explanatory. But, but you tell us, vote by mail, vote absentee in person. When I first read that, I have to say, vote absentee in person. <laughs> So you, you, you explain to us. <laughs> I, I, I know that that one really does sound funny. All right. So in Virginia, I'll start with the most basic one. You can vote at your precinct on Election Day. That isn't going anywhere. That option will be on the table. Now, again, remember, the ability to open a polling location is directly related to their ability to have staff to work at that polling location. So one of the other things our organization does is we work to recruit younger poll workers to work at the polls. They're a little less susceptible to COVID. Actually, they're probably a lot compared to the baby boomers and seniors that normally work there, it would be really great to begin getting that next generation of poll workers trained as well. Yes. We have always had in-person absentee voting, but for the first time, it's no excuse yes. in 2020. So if you want to not vote on Election Day, you want to go and vote down at your Board of Elections or County Registrar's Office, that is now available to you just because that is what you want to do. It used to be you had to give an excuse that was pre-approved by the state in order to avoid voting on Election Day and to vote earlier. This year, we will also be offering early voting. So early voting may be at your county registrar's office if you are in a relatively small county. In some of the larger counties, there may be additional locations where before November 3rd, probably beginning sometime around October, you would be able to go and early vote. Again, this could really relieve the number of people showing up to vote on election day yes. because presidential years are normally the years where we see a big upward spike in voting. And then finally, vote by mail. Mm. So one of 
notions they floated was mail all Virginia residents an absentee ballot application. You're not getting the ballot, you're getting the application. And a number of people have already received those applications from a third-party organization. So, again, we are telling people because of challenges with the Postal Service, when you get your application, fill it out right away, mail it back. When you get your vote-by-mail ballot, fill it out, mail it back. Now, one thing I want to say about the ballot, people do not need to be concerned with, but I don't keep stamps in the house anymore. Who does? Nobody's got stamps. Mm. So if you can go out and get a stamp, that's perfect. If you can't, if there's nowhere nearby that sells stamps and you have no way to get a stamp, the Postal Service will deliver all election materials, whether there is a stamp on them or not. They recognize election materials. Election materials are handled specially. I mean, because, again, we don't have an election every day. So all the mail carriers are trained to recognize election material, and they all get special handling. Well, to me, that alone... Uh, uh, they deserve not only our thanks, but they deserve every dollar of overtime that they should be getting. Uh, right. It is not an easy job. We think the Internet is everything, but there's a, there's a great deal that must travel through the mail that keeps us connected. And uh, one of the things that I'm very much aware of is medications for veterans. I am a exactly. veteran. Veterans are hit hard by all of this unnecessary attack on the post office. What, what are your right. thoughts? Well, again, veterans, seniors with their medication, yes. and again, veterans, seniors, disabled, who choose to receive checks. Those checks are going to be delayed by the removal of the sorting machines and everything else because all those checks originate in Washington, D.C., which is another state, or even if they're not in Washington, D.C., they're in Kentucky, they're in St. Louis. So that means they must travel across state lines to get where they're going. And by removing these sorting machines, that slows all those things down. So when you think about seniors and veterans who may be they are stretching their money as tight as they can. Imagine that now their checks are arriving two, four, eight days later than they normally would. This really can create a very serious, even life-threatening problem. And you know, that reminds me, Andrea, the possibility that one day both houses of the Congress will agree on financial assistance because of the coronavirus Many of those are not direct deposit, but are checks, checks. that were going right. to be mailed from Washington, D.C. So that's right. another thing to add on the list that many people, uh, yes, out in the country, rural areas to be sure, but in cities as well. And we are attacking an essential service for American people that they 
they pay for in their taxes. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, right. I do want to ask, how do we, in 2020, do we reclaim our vote safely as well as successfully? Well, we really, really, really are pressing people to early vote. Yes, there is the vote-by-mail option, but any time you introduce something that is a new thought, a new idea, a whole new way of doing things, there is going to be a learning curve. So trying to do a learning curve in the middle of a pandemic is probably a really big stretch for some people. So if thinking about vote by mail is giving you a headache, then plan on early voting. Now, one of the other things that will be available to older voters, if you are over the age of 65, you can request curbside voting. So when you pull up to a polling place, there should be a sign somewhere that has a phone number to request curbside voting, meaning they will bring the voting out to your car so that you can remain in your car and then vote, hand them back the whole voting package, and you go on your way without ever setting foot in the polls. So for some people, we know that will create a tremendous amount of peace of mind. Yes. Wow, I didn't know that was, well, I'm not over 65, but I didn't know that that, I didn't know that was available at all. I never even heard of it. See why we have you on the show? My goodness. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, they, they really are making a point of expanding curbside voting. Curbside voting has always been available for seniors and for the disabled, and it will probably be even more expanded this year because of coronavirus. Yes, it makes sense. And, and we also should mention that in, in, in everything that you are doing, you are trying your best to reach those who need your help the most. And in many cases, that's rural areas where the transportation is not as good. And of course, more economically stressed areas, which can be cities as well. Tell us, how can we help the U.S. Postal Service and those who wish to vote in elections? I know you've mentioned even the free rides or whatever, but how do we keep everybody safe and uh, and and what about the postal workers and anything else you want to add as to what we as the general public can do to make this work so we actually have a seriously protected and accurate election? Make a voting plan and make it right now. And your voting plan should have two parts. This is my plan A, my preferred way of voting. In the event that does not work out, you can't do that, then have your plan B. This is our plan B. This is what we are going to do to be able to vote. So have a plan A, have a plan B, and make sure you will be able to vote. That is going to be very, very, very important this year. So normally we would say, as long as you've got a plan A, you've got a plan to vote, you're probably going to be fine. We're going to say this year, have a plan A, have a plan B. Next, when we talk about the postal service, if your plan A is vote by mail, 
then the moment that those vote-by-mail applications become available, or if you have already received one in the mail, fill it out, turn it in. You are going to want to do everything with the mail as early as possible. Waiting until the last minute is not acceptable because your vote-by-mail ballot must be received by your county registrar by 7 p.m. on election day. You've got to get it there by that time. So that's going to be very, very important. What we will be doing is we will have a map of all the early voting locations and when they're open, we will also map where the drop boxes are. So I'm sure you'll have me on this show before the November election and then we can tell you where on our website you'll be able to, excuse me, find um, all those things. And again, remember, we're doing this for nine states. So, and then we will have people trying to keep that updated as close to real time as we can. So if they announce, okay, these are going to be the polling locations, and then we start hearing from people that polling location, it, it, it did not open, they're telling people to go somewhere else, then we're going to try to make sure we can put that out and put that message on our map. This polling location, it, it just didn't open. The, the people with the key, the stamp, they never showed up. That happened quite a lot in the Georgia primary. I was just going to say, and don't think she's making this up, this has actually happened. And Georgia is a prime example of it. But it happens other places too. North Carolina, yes. I mean, we could go on. It seems to me of all the things we said, I'm impressed with the advisability of voting early. It seems to be the best choice. If we're voting by mail and we get the ballot, as you say, and we're signing everything and, and getting it back, maybe if there is at all possible, we can also deliver that to the registrar's office or to the post office, not put it in the mail. And is that a sensible choice? If you choose to take your mail-in ballot and deliver it to the registrar, that is really equal to in-person voting. And in-person voting, I'm on the Department of Elections website right now, it begins September 18th. So it's beginning very, 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 very early this year. So September 18th. That is really, really great. So on voting in person, let me see if they've got any information. The early voting include you don't need photo ID but you are, of course, going to have to have some ID. So in other words, you can't just show up and announce you're this person and have no ID whatsoever. One of the ideas they will accept is 
any current utility bill, bank statement, government check, paycheck, or other government document with your name and address. They will accept that as an ID. How about a social security card? It's not not a photo, yeah. but it's, yeah, okay. Uh, it no longer needs to be yeah. a photo exactly. card. Yeah. Um, and then normally, the state of Virginia will mail you a Virginia voter card. That is just fine. Okay. Okay. Right. So if you've got a U.S. passport, that's fine. Oh, yes, yes, I have that too. Yes, okay. Yes, any ID card issued by the United States, by the Commonwealth of Virginia, or a local Virginia county counts, whether there's a picture on it or not. And some of the things you're saying apply in other states, but we want to stress that we're talking primarily about Virginia, Virginia most of this right. m most of this show because Andrea works in other states but all the states are in charge of their own electoral process within that right. state so not right. it's not one size fits all but we do have a national voter election website that I know Andrea can give us right off the tip of her tongue can you do that for us Andrea well, in Virginia, we tell people you can go to tinyurl.com slash V-A-P-P-C, Virginia Poor People's Campaign. Now, the long version is elections.virginia.gov, and you have to spell out the word Virginia. Both of those websites take you to the Department of Elections for the state of Virginia. Okay. Before we go, do tell us again the different missions of the Center for Common Ground and People Demanding Action. Now, what the Center for Common Ground does is our mission is to empower underrepresented voters with education about how to find out what is your current voter registration status, am I registered, have I been purged, and or what is the information about where I vote in this election. Because this year, it is going to be different. Not only did Virginia change laws, but we have COVID-19 to deal with at the same time. So Center for Common Ground empowers voters. People demanding action, the 501c4, its mission is to teach citizens how to advocate for whatever it is that they want or they need. So once we elect these people in November, now our mission changes. Now our mission goes to holding people who got elected accountable to the wishes of the people who elected them. Excellent. So important to remember, elected officials serve at the pleasure of the people who elected them, not their own. They didn't elect themselves. We did. We are the bosses. Our name is on their paycheck. Absolutely. All right. Andrea Miller, where do people go? One last question. I must let you go. I know we're over time, but it's always so imperative to hear what you have to teach us. Is there an, a national website? I think you've given me one before where we can go and you just put in your state 
and it can give the kind of information you've been giving us for the Commonwealth of Virginia? Yes, you can use Voterly, V-O-T-E-R-L-Y dot com, Voterly dot com. So not only will it let you choose your state and then it will give you all the information about that state, let you check your registration, figure out where your polling place is. It will also tell you who all your elected representatives are. Wow. Okay. And and right now it will um, very soon give you and who the candidates are and what their positions on the issues are. Excellent. Voterly. I love it. Voterly. Yes. Okay. Andrea, where do we go to find out more about what you're doing and how we can be of help? We are building a new website for that. And the new website is not up yet, but people will be able to go to reclaimourvote.org. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Andrea Miller, I mean, it's just amazing what you do for all of the voting public, and by extension, all of the public, uh, with uh, what you're doing between uh, people demanding action and uh, reclaiming our vote and, and the Center for Common Ground. It just goes on and on. Thank you so very much for being on the Reasonable Voices today. It's always amazing to hear from you and learn from you. And now to know that you're working in, is it nine states you gave us? Nine states, yes. Wow. Okay, all the best to you and, and all who are working with you and all who are trying to find out more so they can be more like you. How's that? All right, that is excellent. <laughs> very, very exciting. Thank you, Andrew. All the best to you. Bye now. Bye. And now, This Land is Your Land, from the film Up in the Air, available on Spotify and Apple Music, performed by Sharon Jones and the Dap King. This land is your land This land is my land From California Well to the New York Island From the Redwood Forest To the Gulf Stream
Marcello Rolando, the reasonable voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Our 45th president, Donald Trump, is America's greatest national emergency. Envious of Tony Kushner's I am the president of the United States of America, clothed in immense power, in March 2020, Donald Trump stumbled through a rehearsal. To unleash the full power of the federal government in this effort, I'm officially declaring a national emergency. Two very big words. For Donald Trump, words collide at the intersection of meaningless and open secrets. Now, with more than 170,000 COVID deaths in America, who will suspend systemic racism, insulate us from pandemics, shield our postal service, and reverse Trump's dismantling of democracy on his Destroy America First course, if not we the people? The forever challenge of a republic, if you can keep it, is a government of, by, and for the people comes at a price. Such power cannot be granted unworthy men. Power, once bestowed on trusted leaders, lingers, if not retrieved, available to those who are either incapable of distinguishing between good and evil, or are all too focused on defiling the former to harness the latter to commit vile crimes and misdemeanors. While Trump is no deep thinker, he is a master at manipulating media and, by extension, American preoccupation. A consummate pretender, the Don, is doing what he's always done to survive. Bait and switch, but rehearse first. So, now thoroughly possessed by Trump's legion, for all America to survive, we need to exercise him out of us. Purging and cleansing ourselves of Trump alone, however, is no cure. From Ronald Reagan's trickle-down juncture, creating working middle-class dysfunction, through Bush-Cheney's forever oil wars, though less discernible than the abrupt desertion of coal-mining companies, disappearing in their manufactured cloud of coal ash, automation, robots, and more efficient assembly line machines, deserted American manufacturer workers, plus our incessant all-American habit of denying the truth that sets us free from change in climate 
to refusing to change from past mistakes. American voters have, through state-chosen electors, most often manufactured presidential elections by swinging our collective political pendulum to the extreme opposite of our most recent last political offense taken personally, a habit which limits our ability to ever see ourselves as we the people. From 1789 to 2016, we haven't fully grasped that it's better for all in the land of opportunity when elections are imbibed by an overwhelming number of people inspired to energetically move our nation forward with the ideals of malice toward none and charity for all. Instead of government's welfare, queen is the problem, and unending wars, profiting Halliburton and its Wall Street colleagues, with American blood absorbed in foreign sand. Worse still, being addicted to such prejudicial false premises, emotional biases taint our civic duty with cutting off our nose to spite our facing unknowns believing America's economy operates like a family budget, or throwing away a precious vote just to shake things up, and putting America's global standing in the hands of a business fraud and cowardly bully. Electing a presidential wannabe king marinates our national security with golden showers, like paid Afghan assassins, Turkish bodyguards, and brutal Lebanese leaders. Let us begin our reform by recalling Louis DeJoy's stamp of approval on Trump's treasonous attack on our exceptional one-person-one-vote privilege. The good, knowing he had bequeathed John Kennedy a Cold War, a well-intentioned Eisenhower, issued an executive order embellishing Truman's Office of Emergency Planning with the continuity of government. Kennedy, realizing the Cuban Missile Crisis nuclear potential, expanded the non-military defense program to develop plans, conduct programs, and coordinate preparation for the continuity of federal governmental operations in the event of attack. The bad. Using 9-11 as an excuse, Vice President Dick Cheney staffed COG with ultra-right-wing conservatives to guarantee the survival of people who favored his yoo-hoo enhanced extremes which gave get-out-of-jail-free idea to current tax-cheat-in-chief. The ugly. Our current situation in America is no accident. Being preoccupied with Trump distractions, we neglected to take him at his word. Trump will stop at nothing to be president forever. Sensing failure in that, dividing and conquering our united we stand will birth Trump land. Listen, power is liquid mercury. Executive power is a stream collecting in its twisting flow characteristics of its contributors, whether advancing equity or drowning freedom's habitat in disruptive sediments. Conservative GOP COVID-19 response has threatened our lives, diminished our fortunes, and damaged our sacred honor, dimming our constitutional rights in the mind of a president envious of seemingly omnipotent comrades, despots, demagogues, dictators, intimidating their own citizens. Please accept my friendly reminder to preserve teachers and children, protect first responders and the elderly, and defend all of us from what is past is prologue, abrupt unemployment, 
or being ignored to death by a punctious pilot president washing his hands of our fate. The truth that hurts is, in 2020, voting is now a choice between bad and worse, either risking individual life or risking America's democratic survival. But we must have America's back if we are to get America back. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.